I just see that there's two components. One is it was going to go this way anyway. Like it was just going to go online. But secondly, now it's a land rush. And whoever gets the good computer and the good microphone and the good setup first is going to make a lot of money. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. I am the host, and I am sitting here trembling with excitement today because I have somebody very, very special on the show with us today, Mr. Philip Kalinsky. Welcome to the show, Philip. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure, must I say. I um, I noticed uh, your, your bio and it just blew me away. And for everybody who is on the call with us today, the focus, the core of today's call is about voiceover uh, work and how that you can become part of this, uh, this industry working from home. But um, before we do that, Philip, um, I always take time to learn more about you. Now, you and I were just talking uh, before the call about, you know, doing repairs around the home and how things have been, uh, you know, pretty much locked down for the last six months. And um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about how that's affecting you personally. But let's wind back even further, because I want to learn about you um, when you were growing up, where you lived what you love doing and how was it that you got to be involved uh, as an actor and a voiceover artist up to today? Okay, so uh, I grew up in uh, Connecticut and um, I'm the youngest of five boys, so no sisters. Mm -hmm. So uh, acting became a survival tool in order to eat. Um, if you have four older brothers, they kind of take all the food. <laughs> you got to... You got to look like you're hungry and act like you're hungry if you want to eat. So um, that was part of the beginning of it. And then um, uh, let's see, I um, I knew I was funny, but I didn't know what that meant. So <clears throat> when I was in high school, you know, you get class clown and then you get suspended and i was like i don't want to do that thing that's not funny. <laughs> you know getting suspended is not funny so i i i listened to um, my parents and i um started just telling stories from experiences that i had and they were really funny and um they were funny because they were real. So that was just the, the beginning of what I was doing. And then I would see um, different performers that I really liked that, that it, it, you know, it was hard to describe why uh, you, you were attracted to them. Like, like Robin Williams was just incredible. Right. Yeah, it's just like, absolutely. you can't even, you can't like my parents were like, why is this weirdo staring at Mork and Mindy? And I'm like, <laughs> It's not Mork and Mindy. It's this dude, man. This dude is crazy. Like this dude is on a totally another level of oh, yeah. what's going on. So um, I, 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 I was just would uh, remember experiences and then try to tell them. So that the, my 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 biggest conflict when I first started was I I didn't see myself as a comedian, right? So I didn't 
I like comedians, but I didn't see myself as a comedian because I wouldn't get on stage and say, hey, airline food. And you know what I mean? Like I didn't. So I had more stories and more like having a beer with a guy and going, yeah, you're funny, man. You know, (laughs) and at that time, we didn't have the podcasts and all the stuff where they let you develop a style and hear a voice and like a cadence and like a timing. So like I started seeing like when, when Lewis Black started blowing up, I was like, that's it. That's it. He's just telling a story yep. and he gets frustrated. He gets angry and you see it and you like it. And in the old days, it was, you know, the rule of three set up, set up, set up, punch, boom. Right. So uh, it took me uh, a long time to kind of hone, hone the craft. But once, once the, like, once the, uh, I wouldn't even say barriers. I said once, once it was more accepted, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So like, I had done a one-person show about my life as a theater producer, actor, writer, voiceover artist, and the main crux of it was that I'd been auditioning to get on Law and Order for 20 years, right? If you're yeah. a New York actor, that's what you do. Like every, all of my LA friends are like, you suck. You need to get on Law and Order. That's the only show <laughs> that's, there. Like that's what? the pinnacle. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I've been auditioning. It's not like I haven't. So um, I set up the show. It's all good. And I, and I actually book a Law and Order. So I have to now change the entire ending of the show. Because the, the ending was that, I, you know, I'm still grinding. I'm still going for it. So the ending of the show is I, I, I run downstairs to the lobby of my apartment to my ba- my mailbox because the episode runs. And uh, the mail lady's down there. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm checking the mail. She's, she's like, no one checks their mail. <laughs> like, what are you getting in the mail? I'm like, well, what do you do down here? She's like, yeah, I just wait around 20 minutes and then I leave. Cause she literally has nothing in her bag. There's like no mail. So I go, I, I, uh, I booked, a, I booked a uh, law and orders uh, at law and order SVU. And it just ran and uh, you know, they're going to send me a check. Cause it, you know, it's, it's coming today. So she looks at me and she's like law and order. I was like, yeah, law and order SVU. She goes, that show's still on. Uh. <laughs> oh. Thanks very much. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this, uh, you know, learning more about uh, the person behind businesses and the person behind the screen in this case. It's just such a wonderful perspective to get an actor's perspective of, you know, what it's like to be behind that screen, being that person going through the motions and acting. What was it like for you to step onto a stage of such significant, uh, significance? Um, to be like, like to, to be on Law & Order is like, it's like the tattoo. Like you got a tattoo on your arm. You're part of like something. The crew. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. And I have a, another great story that was in the in the show. So I book I booked a law and order. My agents are happy, and you know they're like, congrats. Um, and so this, it, can I say a, a kind of curse word, but not a bad. Absolutely, word? yes, yes. Okay, okay. Right. I just want to. So this section of the show, when I'm telling this story, is called I'm Not a Dick, But Dick Things Happen to Me. <laughs> so I booked a law and order. I get my email with my instructions. And 
they they say, okay, you're going to go up uh, to the Upper West Side, you're going to get into a van, and then they're going to take you to Yonkers where the um, the auto mechanic garages, because I play an auto mechanic. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, cool. So I get up there early, and uh, I see a van, and I get into the van, and I sit in the back of the van because I'm not a dick. You know what I mean? Like a dick yep. would sit in the front of the van and have people crawl over you or oh, whatever. Yes. So I sit in the back of the van, and the uh, the van fills up, and it's all filled up. And the driver, you know, looks in the rear view, and he goes, um, okay, this is the van for extras only. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong van. <laughs> so I raise my hand, and I'm like, um, I'm in the wrong van. I'm sorry. I, I have a speaking role. And, the, like, all the extras are looking at me like, what a dick. <laughs> like, what you wait trying to build your self-esteem <laughs> so i'm crawling over all these extras to get out of the van right so i get into the other van and the other van is black they're both black like there's no way i could have known you could have known no discernible differences ever, right 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 right. so i get in the other van and now all the lead actors are like what a dick you got into the wrong van and i'm like i'm not a dick I'm, don't you I know you, i'm not a dick <laughs> and so we get to the the location to shoot and uh you know everybody piles out of the van and the extras kind of like are circling me it's kind of like lord of the flies they already they already assume i'm a dick so they're just like <laughs> circling around me and i'm just like I, I was like i swear to you i'm not a dick and all of a sudden the guy the director on the megaphone no yeah, philip galinsky and i'm like yeah oh sir your trailer's right over here so I had to walk through the extras to get to my trailer, which oh. I didn't know I was going to get a trailer. And as I walked by, they're like, dick, what a dick. And I'm like, I, I'm walking into the trailer going, I'm not a dick. I swear to you, I'm not a dick. So uh, we, we do my scene and it's me and the two lead characters. And we do it really, it was great. We, we finished at like three o'clock. And so, all of a sudden, the mood on the set changes because everybody thinks we're leaving early, right? And um, they're like, uh, Philip, you're released. You did a great job. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The extras have to stay for some continuity shots. And now they're pissed again. <laughs> so the driver comes up to me and he goes, I'm driving back to the city. I can take you. It's 3 o'clock. So there's not going to be any traffic. It's going to be perfect. And... Uh, he said, just, just you and me, we just drive back. And I said, oh, that's cool. I said, um, where you, where you drop the van off? He said, 23rd Street. And I said, you know, I live literally like three, four blocks away. Can I, can you just drop me off at my house? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. All the extras are like, door to door, dick. You're a dick. Throwing bananas, craft services, food. I'm oh, wow. I jump in the van and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's get it out of yeah <laughs> oh that's just a wonderful story thank you so very much <laughs> that's the thing about this i love to have a, a good you know hearty conversation about real world experiences so thank you so much for sharing that i am um, yeah. I, I i know that um you know you've been um involved with comedy central and a whole heap of other uh events let's call them what was that like yeah. being part of comedy central because that's massive um it was really like when you when you when you book a job with like Comedy Central or or NBC or any major network, what I what I didn't realize 
was it, it took me a second but it was the relationships you were building because yeah. everybody was part of something pretty darn big you know what i mean like at the moment you don't think so because you're shooting a commercial or a promo but you don't know where that person's going to be in three or four years mm. you don't know where you're going to be in three or four years and if they're all the way i look at it if they're all you know trying to 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 motivate and, and move their career at, at a certain point they're going to come back to you so like when i did um when i got to be the lead kidnapper on grand theft auto 5 i didn't have to audition for it the guy who ran their voiceover department used to be my voiceover agent and then he just moved over to rockstar games to just to run rockstar games so he called me and said i want you to come in and i said what am i auditioning for he's like no 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 no. you don't have to audition i was like whoa okay what's up like you're gonna you're gonna be the lead kidnapper i can't tell you the game i can't tell you who you're kidnapping uh and, and until the game comes out and i said well, i don't care you know so I get in the studio and we start doing all the stuff. And then I realize I'm listening and I'm like, that's Jonah Hill. I'm kidnapping Jonah Hill. <laughs> Am I kidnapping Jonah? Shut up. Shut it. Just Shut. Do the Shush. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, uh, and the director was this, this crazy English guy that was just letting me improvise. So, so it was really fun. Cause there's a lot of dialogue that is not in the script that, like if I see a teenage boy, I can do a little bit of what I did, and they'll be like, "Oh my God, that's you! You're the dude! You're the kidnap!" I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. "That's great! I know so, that there's some uh, some ears in this household uh, that especially enjoy that game, so I'm sure this will be very yeah. impressive for them." <laughs> oh, you had a you, here's another story if you have a second. So I I uh, I book it, and I um the game comes out so. I go up to Connecticut and I, I'm playing the game with my nephew. And I haven't played the game in a long time. Like Grand Theft Auto Five is way different than Grand Theft Auto. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing it and I'm like, they're picking up hookers, they're running people over. They're like, sorts of stuff. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a horrible <laughs> uncle, and I can't do this to this kid because he's waiting to hear my voice. And I'm like, let's go, let's get in the car. I'll drive and get you ice cream. I just can't. This is just. Not this doing is it. such a bad role model thing. <laughs> so we get into the car and I'm driving and the, within like five minutes, he's like, Philip, uh, drive up the curb, hit that lady. We'll oh. get 700 points. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is real life. What are you talking about? Oh, goodness me. Uh, yeah and like and like for everybody who's on the on the call today the list goes on and on there's nbc a and e uh mtv you know just some yeah. major experiences that you've had as a uh, an actor and voiceover specialist now that brings me to um i guess the core of the call essentially uh is your mm -hmm. voice over um career work and and what you're doing uh, at the moment with that uh that industry right so the so the way, it, the way, let's say, the way it was before COVID, mm -hmm. it was eventually going to go this, this way. So the way before COVID was, uh, your agent would email you a script for a commercial, TV show, whatever. Mm -hmm. You would record it at home. You would email it to your agent. And then your agent would email it to the casting director. And then if the casting director liked you, you'd go in and talk to the casting director and then if they 
like that, then, then they would book you for the job. And then you go to an engineering studio and record the, the uh, spot. Yeah. And so as soon as COVID came, our agency just had a huge meeting. It was like, look, it seems, it's, it, if, if you're going to look at it in the most harshest reality, everything's going to be done from home at least for a year or two. Right. Like just, just, that's just the way it's going to be. So I set up my home studio. And then when I set up my home studio, I decided I'm going to make a website where people can learn how to set up their own home studio because for, for a long, long time, we're not going to meet anybody anymore. You know, like we had meetings where the voiceover actors were like, well, can I just bring my own microphone? It's sterilized, whatever. And I'll go to the audition. And I was like, you, you're, you're getting on a subway. You're touching doorknobs. It's it's beyond, it's beyond just going into the casting director's office. And so, um, the other thing was I do like zoom consultings and then a lot of the people, cause I I'm, I'm like brutally honest. I'm like, look, I, I know. Cause for me anyway, after a while I was like, I'm kind of zoomed out. Yeah. So I did these pre-recorded episodes that are five minutes long that talk about the process of what you, what you should do at the beginning as far as technique, then it moves into home studio and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Yeah. And you go to your, your VO studio.com and you can buy the, um, the episodes and um, download them and then watch them at your pace. And then if you want to do anything more with me, if you like what I'm doing, then we could do 30 minute consultations and X, Y, and Z. But my main focus for the future was I just see that there's two components. One is it was going to go this way anyway. Like it was Mm -hmm. just going to go online. But secondly, now it's a land rush. And whoever gets the good computer and the good microphone and the good setup first is going to make a lot of money because the people that, if you're like, I was the voice of Toyota. If you're the voice of Toyota now, you're going to be the voice of Toyota for probably nine or 10 years. Yeah. Because they like, they like your voice. They're not going to look for anybody else. You don't cost them that much. I mean, you get paid what you're going to get paid, but they're not hiring other things right they don't need a, a casting director they don't need this they don't need that well, the so yeah the overhead's gone so whatever my fee is from being in the union or whatever is my fee but there's nothing extra right so um when i designed the course i also was like i i i, I want it to be economical because i used to do i used to edit actors uh acting reels and i would do a real for like uh, 99 bucks. Mm-hmm. And these editors would be really mad at me. And they'd be like, well, I charge 800. And I'm like, yeah, but if if I'm editing this guy's reel for 99 and he books more jobs, he's got to change his reel, which means he's going to need me again, mm-hmm. right? So I have a repeat customer. You're doing a one-off. Like yeah. you're, you made 800 bucks, but he ain't coming back because it's just, just too expensive. Yeah. So um, the the deal I have is the ten episodes are eighty nine bucks, and if you want to do a consultation with me, it's thirty nine bucks, and you also get um, over forty scripts just to look at because yeah. a lot of 
the new people in the voiceover industry, they, some of them don't even know what a storyboard is, and, you know, all these different things so that I just try to arm you with the right tools. And then, and then again, I still get resistance because they're like, well, you're opening up the, the pool, right? You're making more competition for yourself. And I'm like, no, there's, there's enough food for everybody to eat. Yeah. I think yep. the plate's you know? big enough. Yeah. Because it, it wouldn't be if, if, you know, why would they allow everybody to audition from home if they didn't realize um, the amount of volume that they're going to get? And so yeah. part of the course also explains like, uh, you know, when you do get an audition, if, if you can, and I know it's hard, but if you can submit it as quickly as you can, not, not rush the audition itself, but submit it as com quickly as you can, because I mean, think of this right now. I'm in. A, I'm being interviewed by you, and I'm not. I haven't checked my email or anything. And then once the interview's over, I'm going to have 10, 15 emails. Now imagine a casting person who's looking for the lead kidnapper for Grand Theft Auto Five, and agents are submitting stuff. After 10 of them, they're going to just pick somebody because they're just going to have so much volume that it's not even worth it. You know what no, I mean? Strategy. So. Yep. yep. Yeah. So like knowing little things like that or what's really um, embedded in the course is sort of like, it's almost like, um, uh, uh, like I had a, a, a Zoom session where I was talking to uh, voiceover actors and, and actor actors. And I said, I mean, just think of your own mentality, right? Like think of the fact that if a friend of yours sends you a YouTube video, mm -hmm. you immediately look at how long it's going to be. You could care less what it is, <laughs> yeah. but if it's over two minutes, <laughs> forget about it. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, but I slipped on a banana peel and I felt, no, I don't care. It's two Duh. minutes. No. So uh, if that's the human psyche, right, if that's a human condition, it's just super amplified by an agent or a casting director, right? So send me the audition, send me it in a timely fashion and we'll see what happens, you know? And and, you know, ultimately, like, it's all out of your control. Yeah. Like, yeah. no matter how good, like, you know, people spend $6,000, $8,000 in a home studio. And it's like, that doesn't get you the job just because you have a, you know, a super expensive home studio. I, I booked to be the voice of the McDonald's Lemon in McDonald's Lemonade, right? It was an animated character. Mm-hmm. And the lemon was pissed because they're now making strawberry lemonade. So I was like, well, what? Why do you need to add strawberry to me? I'm fine. Right. <laughs> so I book it. I get paid for the recording. It's supposed to go up in two weeks. And then nothing happened. So I called my agent. I said, what, what happened? I thought it was supposed to go national. I thought it was like, you know, one of these big jobs. I said, I don't know. So come to find out. I guess I, I did such a good job that in one of their focus groups, they were like, he sounds like uh, Steve Shripa from the Sopranos. Uh, yeah. Why don't we ask, why don't we ask Steve to do it? So within two weeks they had Steve record it and be the lemon. And I was just like, I'm, and then this, listen, here's the, here's the lemon salt in the wound. He lives in my neighborhood. I see him jogging all the time. I haven't had the, courage to knock him out because he's in the mafia i can't do that yeah, yeah no probably wouldn't work out well for anyone involved 
<laughs> this no. has just been such a great call. I, um, I've enjoyed it thoroughly, learning more about you, your stories, and the reasons why you got involved in all of this. Now, I, I'd love to know um, when they visit yourvostudio.com, of which I'll make all of the links uh, below this post, no matter where you find this interview, be able to get back to Philip. I'd love to know um, what is the process um, if people actually want to work with you closer than that? Is there a, an opportunity to work uh, at a higher level one-to-one -one with you for those who you think have what it takes to be a good voiceover artist? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's 30 minute, there's the, the when you go to the site that it, it breaks it down, there's the, the 10 episode course and then there's the 30 minute consultations, which um, we, you, you get the first one free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that I can go over what you want to do so I can customize it mm -hmm. because some people I work right now, I work with a group of veterans cause I, I had a live uh, theater show and I used to give them uh, tickets for free to come see it. And then when all this happened, they were like, are you doing anything else? And I said, well, I'm doing this, you know, voiceover stuff. And, uh, I could, um, I think you guys would really like to learn how to podcast, not, you know, actually do commercials, but I think you have a voice in what you're doing and you're technically savvy. So it's not going to be a huge learning curve for me to you. Mm -hmm. And so I have a bunch of um, veterans that are working on different type of podcasts for, uh, for themselves. And I have other uh, clients that, you know, they want to do books on tape and then others that just want to do video games or animation. So once I can kind of sit down and, and figure out what, what you want to do, then I can sort of custom tailor a plan. And if any of your listeners want to take advantage of my offer, mm -hmm. just when they contact me uh, through the website or my email, just mention the word future. And I'll know they came from your show. And I'll Fantastic. give them a deal. Excellent. Well, look, uh, everybody, you just heard it um, straight from Philip. If you want to get involved and uh, get yourself a good deal, mention future when you touch base with Philip. Uh, again, Philip, this has just been a magical call. There are so many dimensions to voice over artistry. It is an art. It's something that needs to be learned. It's not something that everybody's gifted with. And I know that you're the person to help them either recognize that there's something in this for them or to maybe pass on this offer. Um, so with that all being said, again, such a wonderful call, a privilege. Thank you so very much for spending some time with me on the My Future Thank Business you. Show today. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.